covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for uh, being tuned in with us uh, once again. We continue to come your way every week. We actually have something to talk about this week because a proposal was sent from Major League Baseball owners to the Major League Baseball players. It was not received especially well, as you could have expected, but at least maybe a little bit of communication. Perhaps that is a good thing. More about that coming up in just a moment. Our housekeeping items here at the top of the podcast. As always, if you want to get in contact with me, find me on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And uh, if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast and can uh, leave a ranking and review, that's awesome. If you don't subscribe and you want to subscribe, that's awesome too. If you don't listen on Apple Podcast, if you don't want to leave a ranking and review, if you don't want to subscribe, that's fine too because you're listening right now and I appreciate you being uh, tuned in this week and hopefully uh, most weeks here uh, with this podcast as we continue to talk Brewers baseball when not a lot is going on. We're going to have uh, Brandon Snide joining us in just a little while as uh, he is going to uh, discuss all things Brewers with us. He writes for Dairyland Express, also does podcast with uh, Game On Wisconsin, so he's going to be with us coming up in uh, just a few moments. Bottom line on what happened this past week, Major League Baseball owners gave a proposal to the players. Players, as you could have predicted, did not receive it well, and that's kind of where we're at. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. There's there's one argument that's a good thing because communication is taking place, and then there's another argument that it's actually a bad thing because some would argue that they're farther apart now than they were before. I feel like you can't get a deal done until communication and negotiation actually takes place. So even if it is the latter, even if they're in a worse place now than they were, at least there was something. Now players have to respond, and when they respond, they'll give their own proposal, and then you'll finally have two proposals out there, and you'll know exactly where everybody is and how much space is between the two. Time is of the essence. Let's not sugarcoat that. Pitchers and catchers were supposed to report in about a month. I say we're supposed to. I say it in the past tense. I've already made the assumption that pitchers and catchers will not be reporting on time. I hope I'm wrong, but I have already made the assumption that that is uh, going to happen, that there is not going to be pitchers and catchers reporting on the dates that have been set when spring training actually will get started. If spring training will actually get started, who knows? I I still don't think that they're going to miss, say, the entire season. Uh, I do think they're going to miss some of spring training, and I'm probably 50-50 at this point on whether or not they are playing baseball on the scheduled opening day. And I don't know if that's a pessimistic look at things or a uh, or an optimistic look at that. That's kind of where we're at. Like I can sit here and say that I think there's going to be a season. I'm not sure if it'll start on time. And to some people, that's a really positive outlook. And to other people, that's a really negative outlook. I don't know. And um, the one thing I do know, and the one thing all of us know, is the relationship between players and owners is toxic. It has been for a while. They have a hard time agreeing on the simplest of things. I mean, it's it's to the point where there can be things that they agree on that they do not move forward with because each side believes that if they go with it, 
they need to get something in exchange for it. Like, that's where it's at. They can't even just simply say, okay, this makes sense, let's do this. Everybody very much wants their their own interest taken care of. And at some point, there's going to be urgency. At some point, there's going to be a lot of negotiating taking place on probably an everyday type basis, but we're still a ways away from that. We're at minimum, we're probably two weeks away from that, and we might be a month or more away from that. That as I am recording this at nine twenty two PM Central Time on Sunday the sixteenth, there has been no word on when the official response from the players to the owners will come and maybe a little bit of a conversation that goes along with that. I would hope it would happen this week. If it doesn't happen this week, I don't know why, right? Like, that's the thing. You you just just tell them what you want. Like Now the owners have told the players what they want, what they're starting, what they will at least agree to at the beginning. Now the players can do the same and go from there. So... That's kind of where we're at. Not a whole lot going on uh, beyond that. Um, uh, Just one other quick note that I thought was interesting. Major League Baseball is using the Atlantic League to test rules. The Atlantic League is an independent league. It's one of the uh, Major League Baseball partner leagues uh, in independent baseball. In this past year, the Atlantic League uh, changed how far the pitcher's mound was from, uh, from home plate. They are going back. To what they were, uh, what they had previously, so they are going to uh, restore the pitching mound to 60 feet six inches from home plate. Uh, that is uh, that's notable because that lasted one year. There was really no indication that it had a major impact on the game. And uh, if they're using the Atlantic League as a league to test things, that's probably dead. Like there, there, it did not get positive reviews. It didn't have much of an impact on the game, and they are going back to what they had before. The other thing that the Atlantic League announced this past week, uh, they're getting rid of the robo-ups, the automated ball strike system, which uh, they had been using for a while. They are getting rid of that, and I don't totally know what that means because I do think at some point in time in the future, we are going to see an automated strike zone. Now, something that we never talk about or others I talk about it but something that others don't talk about is that this system they used in the Atlantic League wasn't good and I don't understand how it can't be good this you know somebody needs to talk to me like I'm really stupid right because with the technology that they have the automated strike zone should be easy should be so easy to implement the the data that is being produced per second in every major league ballpark, the fact that they can tell you how many times a baseball is rotating from the moment it leaves the pitcher's hand to the moment it's either hit or received by the catcher, uh, you just you know everything. the The cameras and the data sensors and everything know everything. So I don't I don't understand. How and maybe you couldn't implement it in the Atlantic League because you don't have you haven't invested into all the technology in Atlantic League ballparks that they have in Major League ballparks. But they should the automated strike zone should be a very easy thing with the data that they have that they know you know every player comes up to the plate they know exactly what the strike zone is 
per the dimensions of that player's body and ball strike like that to me that just seems like because of the technology they have it should be easy from everything and I, look I've never attended an Atlantic League game in my life I used to broadcast independent league baseball but I never did it in the Atlantic League so I can't sit here and say that I watched and experienced what it was but from all the reports that I saw the automated strike zone in the Atlantic League was not as was not as good it was not as correct as a as an umpire like the the human strike zone was more accurate than the automated strike zone so maybe that's why they're getting rid of it because it just wasn't very good i again talking to me like i'm dumb what i guess i don't understand how they would implement because i would think with all the with all the technology that exists in major league ballparks that you could do something and have it in a major league ballpark tomorrow and you could basically have a 100% correct strike zone on an automated strike zone. But nobody's just going to instill that in a major league ballpark without testing. And I don't think that they are going to spend the money to put all the data sensors and all the cameras and everything that exists in a major league ballpark. You're not going to go put that into an independent league ballpark. You're not going to go put that into even, I think, spring training facilities. Like, it's just so much money. So my question would be is how do you test it? Uh, And I don't know the answer. But the fact that they're getting rid of it in the Atlantic League uh, tells me that this is, at the very least, this has been tabled, and we'll see where where it goes from there. All right, uh, as mentioned uh, this week, our featured conversation is with Brandon Snide. Very happy to get him back on to the podcast, so let's get to it. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Externies, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Very happy to welcome back onto the podcast. Uh, He is uh, part of the team over at uh, Dairyland Express. Also, you can hear his weekly podcast at uh, Game On Wisconsin. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon underscore S-N-E-I-D-E. You pronounce that snide. It is Brandon Snide who joins us here uh, on the podcast. Brandon, thanks for uh, the time. How are you? Matt, always a pleasure, uh, a joy to be here, even though uh, we are unsure if we're going to have baseball this year. It's always a pleasure to uh, to get behind the microphone and uh, and chat with you, and I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. I'm doing well. Yeah, so this past week, there was at least something. There's been nothing for <laughs> the better part of really since the beginning of December. There was actually something. Major League Baseball gave a proposal to the players. Players reportedly were not real impressed with it. That's that's not shocking news. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get some sort of response from the players to the owners uh, at some point. Who knows? Maybe this week, and that can actually start some type of negotiation. Does your feelings about anything change with just the mere fact that there was actually a little bit of communication this week? I, you know, Matt, at first I was. I was optimistic when it all first went down uh, in December. And then, obviously, there was a little bit of communication like you talked about uh, last week. I almost am more worried now, to be honest with you, a little bit more pessimistic about the whole situation because of the offer. I think the players were, uh, you know, uh, offended in a way, I guess, with the offer that was proposed, at least from what I've read about. Um, 
Matt, we're middle of January. I mean, pitchers and catchers are supposed to be reporting next month. Uh, spring training just really feels like it's one of those things right now that is just out of the grasp uh, of the uh, of the franchises in Major League Baseball. And I just, you know, miracles can happen. I can imagine, you know, I can definitely see them getting together, negotiating, figuring it out, and, and rushing it. We've seen it with COVID last year. I mean, not saying that they're, you know, going to, have that situation, but we've seen the major league and, and really all these uh, major sport uh, commissioners kind of act under the pressure and move things and be flexible. And maybe it can be done, but it, right now, Matt, it just, it really feels like our season, at least spring training is in jeopardy. Yeah. I I'm torn between two things because one part of me thinks you just need these people talking a lot, yeah. get them in the same room, get them across the table from each other, let them hash things out. That's one side of me. But the other side of me feels like every time they do talk, every time they do communicate, <laughs> they just get more and more angry yep. with each other. And I think that even goes back to last year when, uh, or two years ago, I should say, when uh, all the negotiation that took place that eventually led to Rob Manfred unilaterally imposing the 60-game season, they could not agree on things in a period in our country where we needed sports, we needed right. baseball, we needed people to come together. So I, I don't know. Like I'm still torn on it. Like there is that part of me that thinks just get them in the same room together and let them hash this thing out. But it just seems like every time they do that, it, it does not seem to go well. And and that's my fear, Matt. Is like you know you they came with you know to the players. Was it last week? I forgot exactly what day it was. And within seconds, the players you know denied or not denied, but. uh shot down their offer. And that's what's worrisome is that, you know, the more that they talk, like you said, the more they get together, the more the offers are discussed, the more these conversations are being had. It really feels like it, the, the more, you know, gap between coming together is becoming much larger. And it just, you know, these time frames are really starting to hammer down. I mean, I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, pitchers and catchers, like I mentioned next month, obviously after that spring training is supposed to happen, I believe don't quote me, but I think the Brewers fantasy camp was canceled. Is that correct? Yep, that I, I, is yeah. Correct, so yeah. that was that was. I think a major that was blamed more on COVID than was the it? Other okay. Stuff. Yeah, but okay. still, I mean, the point being, stuff's getting canceled. Yeah, and you're moving things around, and it's just like it just becomes, you know, when you see the money that's involved with Major League Baseball. You know, football's structured a lot more. Basketball kind of is, but Major League Baseball, man, we've seen these numbers. You know, these kind, it's just astronomical compared to any other. Uh, major sports so it's just coming down to finances and if that's something where billionaires can agree on with millionaires and it becomes a conversation Matt that I don't know about you but I can't have uh because I don't have that money but it just seems like something that's just I don't know it's, it seems to be out of the grasp right now yeah you know what's kind of you allude to this and I, I think you're hitting on something and I I hate these words coming out of my mouth because I want baseball to be played it seems like the owners have never been more united in what they want than they are right now. Yeah. Same thing with the players. So somebody's got to blink first, and we don't know when that's going to happen. The players have a war chest ready. So <laughs> if 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 it was worst case scenario and, and regular season games or an entire regular season started being missed, there's some money out there for them to try to help out. Uh, I don't think we're going to miss an entire season, but like they're they're prepared for that. These owners are billionaires. They they don't want to lose a season for sure, but their their pocketbook would be okay. Um, yeah, it just the motivation and the urgency to get this thing done. We're probably not going to see urgency for at least two more weeks because we're probably we're 
about one month away from the pitchers and catchers report yep. date. So if there's not a deal done in the next two weeks, pitchers and catchers reporting starts getting delayed. And that's the first thing. And the next thing that gets delayed is, you know, full squads reporting. Then the next thing that gets delayed is actual spring training games. And the next thing that gets delayed is opening day, so on and so forth. We're about two weeks out from that first thing getting delayed. And I just don't think there's going to be any urgency until we get to that point, which is it's human nature, but it's also disappointing all at the same time. Couldn't agree anymore. And, and I got, yeah, I know, I know it's, your podcast and 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 you're conducting it here but i want to ask you a question you know for the sport matt you know you look at national football league and their ratings are sky high they're they're chugging along you know basketball is kind of right behind them is this a point where baseball is at the brink of either pass or fail you know are you if you are unable to start this season at the time that you're supposed to start it and and fans you know you're going to have those diehard fans you and i are those fans that no matter what we're going to you know tune in and watch but you have those on the fence type fans where if you don't have a season start or you don't have a season start on time and you're arguing about money again, billionaires versus millionaires, is it bad for the sport, which I would assume it would be, but is it bad for the sport in terms of having people tune in or tune out? Yeah, I think so. You, you go back to 94 and I was 12 yep. years old in 94. So I can't talk too much. To yeah, this. I was four. So I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> But they're, they they lost some fans. I still yeah. everyone not not so much anymore. It's probably been a couple of years since I've heard somebody say this. But I'll, I'm there are people out there that were so hurt by the '94 strike that they just never returned. And then we yeah. know about uh, you know people say what saved baseball was McGuire versus Sosa mm-hmm. and the home run chase. And and since then there's a little bit of a stain on that because of the steroids and kind of looking away from that. Is there something like that in baseball? You know, baseball at that point was much more a national sport. When McGuire and Sosa were going out, I remember, um, you know, Fox bl- blowing out nights of primetime <laughs> programming so they could put the Cardinals on TV, on national yep. TV, on a, you know, on a Tuesday night, just so people can see if Mark McGuire would hit a home run. Like, I don't. I don't know in what world that would exist. Now we're living in a world where Fox wants to move NLCS or ALCS games to Fox Sports One. Like they, we weren't planning to talk about this, but it's a really it's interesting because you go back to the last time there was a major work stoppage. They come out of that with an event that again was so powerful from a TV perspective, and we can judge so much on television ratings. They come out of that 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 it was so powerful from a TV perspective. A national network blew out nights of primetime programming to feature it, and like I just said, now a, a random NFL game draws more eyes than a World Series game, and that that's the world we live in. So, baseball is not the national sport that it once was. It's a mm-hmm. regional sport. I say it all the time. If Mike it's Trout true, is the best yeah. baseball player walking the face of the earth. If you and I go grab him and go to the Milwaukee public market and walk around with him, he may not get stopped. There might not be a single person who stops and recognizes him. The greatest athletes in every, we can't do that with Steph Curry. We can't do that with LeBron James. We can't do that with Tom Brady. Like we can't do that with the, and I'm not even mentioning Wisconsin based athletes, but I think you, you can't do that with Aaron Rodgers in Hoboken, New Jersey. You can't do that with Giannis Antetokounmpo in Riverside, California. Like I'm just naming random cities, but you can do that with baseball players. It's not a good thing for baseball right now. No. And that's my concern. Cause you know, you've got guys like us, Matt, we're going to tune in, you know, we're not going anywhere. 
Uh, the Brewers were my first love. Baseball was my first love. And a lot of people are like that. But it's been trending in the wrong direction. Like you said, these broadcasts, you know, these networks are just, I mean, you're moving games. We had a, I was, I think it was this year, actually, Matt. You know, I was having a bug on Twitter because I had to work uh, at my job. And there was a, a playoff baseball game at one o'clock in the afternoon. I believe it was the White Sox and Astros. Uh, it, during the afternoon of a, of a Friday afternoon uh, during a work week. And it was just kind of mon- mind boggling to think about that. There's a playoff game going on, you know, outside of a primetime weekday uh, either way, but it's just, there's a lot of issues surrounding major league baseball. In my opinion, I don't think they market very well. Uh, like you said, perfect example, Mike Trout, you know, I don't think uh, they have an issue with, you know, star players and, and, and advertising the game and, and promoting the game and, they're doing a lot of tweaking with the game and I know we're getting into a whole different conversation, but I just think, and I'm not here to criticize uh, Mr. Manfred. It's not my, my place or, or duty, but it just feels like there's a lot of moving pieces around baseball where this could be the tipping point for them, uh, Matt, you know, you're not going to play. You're going to keep messing with the DH or the, not the DH and you're going to, you know, do this. You're going to have a 60 game season and blah, I'm done. And that's what, you know, and I'm obviously speaking for, you know, the typical on the fence fan, this could be it. And this could be, what makes or breaks baseball. If they come together, like you said, at the final hour and they hash it out and we got baseball and everything's going to be on time. I drive past Miller park almost every week. I live right down the street from it. I'm ready to go. But if you're delayed, you know, another month or two, there's no spring training. Uh, You know, especially with, you know, the years we've had with COVID with small businesses, it's going to take a hit on everybody. Uh, Milwaukee thrives on brewer baseball. And if that's affected in any way, shape or form, I think it's going to have a negative impact on the fan base. Yeah. I don't know how much Milwaukee is, supports this team so well. And, and what the state of Wisconsin, let me rephrase that because you show up to to a Brewers game and you see a lot of buses, you know, every every church from western Wisconsin <laughs> or you know, northern yep. Wisconsin at some point has a uh, has a Brewers trip that they they do and every Kiwanis club and every Rotary club <laughs> and every Moose Lodge. Like I mean, it's a it's it's, it's a pretty incredible yeah. thing. I there's yes, there's going to be individuals that are that would get so upset by some type of especially extended work stoppage that they may not go. But I think in markets like this one, I think in St. Louis, I think in Chicago, I think in New York, um, some of these really good baseball markets, I don't think the impact is going to be as much. And again, they they don't thrive on national TV until the the postseason the the midweek national tv package is still out there it there's not even a espn dropped that espn is not going to do those tuesday and wednesday night games anymore there was a report this past week that said um apple was in negotiations to maybe acquire that at one point barstool reportedly was interested in that i I think major league baseball may have gotten scared off by barstool a little (laughs) bit because they carry a lot with them uh but yeah i mean that's the that and that's the other side of this when it comes back to the collective bargaining agreement from a from an ownership standpoint they rely so much on the national tv money connected to the postseason that's why they want to expand the playoffs and they rely on attendance more than any other sport the if you said from here on out every nfl franchise is never allowed to play a game with fans again every nfl team is going to be fine but if you did that in baseball every baseball team would not be fine yeah 
Yeah, and that's the and that's the, they're, they're, you know you're competing against giants, you know, so to speak, with, with these other sports, and 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 it's just becoming you know football's never been popular. You know, basketball has its moments. I think when football drops away, you know, and that's what's great for baseball, Matt. You know, for the most part, their season is outside of the NFL. They're not necessarily competing head to head until they get into the September October. Uh, but that's playoff baseball, and that's pennant races. And I just think that you know. You haven't they have the the chance here, like you said, in the in these final 30 days or so, roughly, you know, to come together. And I get it, you know, millionaires don't want to give up money, billionaires don't want to give up money. But for me, and this is just my only opinion, you know, I just feel like this is a make it or break it for this sport because it's a slowly dying sport as far as you know, attendance, as far as you know, viewership. Um, that this could be that one thing that kind of just really sets it off and, and derails. I'm not major league baseball is not going anywhere, but it's just going to be one of those things where people are just, you know, had enough of it. Yeah. I don't think I'd use dying as my word. I think I'd use maybe less thriving. The yeah. sport is not thriving, but the sport is thriving economically more than it ever has before. It is the, yep. the TV money that comes in yeah, is ridiculous. more, <laughs> you know, because of the, again, the postseason is powerful. And the other thing that's powerful, and this is where it gets a little bit uneven, these games on all these regional sports networks, so for Bally Sports Wisconsin and every other local TV provider, yeah, they're getting 130 to 150 broadcasts that they get. The, this is a powerful thing. This is not to say, it, it's very weird to me because the NBA national TV product in the regular season is a is a ratings like like for TNT? It's it's a really big deal. Um, yet f- from a so from a national standpoint, the NBA has a very powerful product in the regular season. Baseball's national product, TV wise, in the regular season isn't that powerful, but it is at a local level. Like they they outdraw the NBA, they outdraw the NHL for the most part. Not in every market, it, it's a little bit different, but for the most part, baseball is a more powerful local draw on TV. So these deals that teams are getting from their local television providers and the brewers don't get as much as others because they're in a smaller market. Um, but that's another area where there's just so much money coming in. And then the digital side of it as well. Um, that that's obviously a huge part of what they're doing. There's, there's more and more money coming in. So we can sit here and just talk on and on and on about the bad things that's going on. But at the end of the day, there's more revenue that's still coming into Major League Baseball, and I think that's what the players are seeing, and the players want more of a piece of that. They they feel like the owners are grabbing too much, and the owners are saying the exact opposite. They're they're trying to hold on to as much as possible. And those are those are just you know human basic. That's what you want. I, I want the most for myself. It comes back to can they find a happy medium, and and we don't know. And I, you know, going off of Ken Rosenthal's latest report, they've never been farther apart. And I don't know what that means, Matt, going forward within the next month or so. Uh, is it possible to, if you've never been farther apart, uh, to now all of a sudden become, you know, strike a deal? Um, because the players, I don't see them budging. I think they gave in last time for the CBA agreement. Uh, I think it was more so the players that that subsided their their wants to the owners. And I don't think you're going to see that this year or that at least this agreement or if there is an agreement um, and the owners too, you know, Matt, you know, COVID hit them, you know, pretty hard as well with the no fans in the stands, 60 game season, you know, what was it a year, two years ago, a year and a half ago, 
the 2020 season. Uh, so they're already, they, you know, they're complaining about losing money uh, already being in the red. At least, I know I'm Mark Ananasio spoken on, and I'm sure a lot of other owners uh, are sending the same resentment. You know, they've had the, the, uh, the no fans in the stands for that whole year kind of, you know, put them down. And I do just don't see them, you know, giving into what they're, they're asking for as far as money goes. And this is all going on while COVID is still going on. It's all still happening. Yeah. yeah. Like we're, I think we're in a better place now than we were previously, but we're not in the best spot that we've been. No. We, we've taken a, a dip back and this is not a political podcast and we can all sit here and argue about what we think the impact is and whether or not the decisions being made are the right decisions or not. But the, look at college basketball. I'm a, I'm a college basketball broadcaster five of the last six or five of the last seven games that I was supposed to do were all canceled due to COVID. It's yep. it, it's just killing college basketball at the moment. The NFL had to change their rules basically to be able to, <laughs> to keep these games going. We don't know what this is going to look like moving forward. And this is, I always said that if I was baseball, I would have just taken the last agreement and extended it by one more year yeah. and tried to get past COVID when I actually came to negotiating because that would give you a better idea of where things sat. Now, I said that to a lot of people who are a lot smarter than me, and they said that it was an idiotic idea. So that's that's fine, but that that's what I would have done. I would have said, this is not a time to negotiate. We can We can pause this for one more year and come back next season, but nobody else had that idea. And I, I actually, well, I mean, I guess I'm, an, I'm not as smart then because I would have said that would have been a great idea because, like you said, there's still so many unknowns with COVID, like, and money. You know, I mean, everybody's losing money. If you know, I, I don't know what exactly the baseball contracts are written up. If a season doesn't get played, you know, everybody has their own guarantees and their own contracts and and whatnot. But uh, it's a lose lose if you don't play baseball. It's a lose lose for the players, the owners, and obviously for us consumers and diehard fans and fans, whatever, you know, kids uh, look up to it. I don't know if this is going to have a, an impact. You know, I, I wasn't like you said, when we started out uh, earlier in the show, I was only four, you were 12. I don't know what the long-term effects of that lockout were. You said it, McGuire and Sosa. I couldn't agree more. They absolutely did save baseball. The steroid era did probably save baseball. Do, does baseball have something that can save baseball? If, the base, if this lockout is to drag the sport down a little bit, I don't know. I mean, that's, it's, that's a question, right? That's a good question. Does, does it have a McGuire and Sosa? It should, but they yeah. don't market really well. You no. know I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know, you know, most people that listen to this uh, great podcast probably know, but a regular guy, a regular lady on the street, they might not know who, you know, these players are. So going back to what we were saying earlier, just to really illustrate what you just said, if I walk into the Milwaukee public market and I got Mike Trout on one arm and, and right now, right now, Mark McGuire on the other or Sammy Sosa on the yeah. other or Barry Bonds yeah, on the point. other, I maybe I'm wrong on this. I think there's a better chance of somebody recognizing not what they look like in their playing days, what they look like right now. I think there's more of a chance of somebody recognizing Bonds, Sosa, or McGuire than Mike Trout. I couldn't agree anymore. I honestly, I couldn't. And I've been saying that for the longest time. You look at Christian Yelich. I mean, I know he had a down year uh, last year and a half for the 60 game season. Then this year, obviously, didn't have the numbers he wanted to have. But as far as baseball, as far as in the state of Wisconsin, I mean, there's a chance he might go out and people, you know, 
I probably do notice him, but there's a chance he doesn't. Now, Giannis, Aaron Rodgers, even Ryan Braun, it's not happening. Uh, and it's just, and that's where there's so many, and that's what I was saying, you know, try to bring everything together here, uh, Matt. You know, obviously the lockout is its own issue, but baseball had its own issues prior to the lockout. You know, Matt, whatever your opinion is on Rob Manfred, you know, there's a lot of different things that he was doing with the game that people were already having issues with. I mean, Ken Rosenthal just got let go from the MLB network because yeah. of his opinion on Rob Manfred. You know what I mean? And he, you know, he comes out, he still works for the athletic, but uh, there's just so much going on with baseball inside the game that now you have issues, obviously outside of the game are, you know, kids nowadays, you know, you know, t- uh, like us four 12 year olds going to grow up and not see baseball possibly this year and just not care about it anymore. I mean, those are what the issues that I'm worried about, uh, you know, long-term. I have a 13-year-old. He has he owns nothing to do with baseball, Matt. Absolutely nothing. My uh, nine-year-old daughter, nothing to do with baseball. Like, my kids don't want to play it. That's all I played when I was a kid. And that's what I'm worried about for the sport. I saw something from uh, David Aldridge, who's a journalist, NBA reporter. Yep. He After the thing happened with Ken Rosenthal, he tweeted outside along the lines of that he used to work for NBA TV. Mm-hmm. And he would say things at times that would make former NBA commissioner David Stern not happy. And what would happen is Stern would call him up and have a conversation, wouldn't fire him. Like that's, I'm not a Rob Manfred guy. I've never been a Rob Manfred guy. Uh, I, I think he needs somebody in that office. He can, from a business standpoint, he's fantastic. Like he, under his leadership, revenue and income has gone up and up and up and up. I'm not saying he, and that's what the owners care about. He is, he has served the owner's interest. Well, sure has. Um, the commissioner of baseball is supposed to serve the owner's interest and the player's interest. At least that's the way it used to be. It's not so much anymore. And so Manfred's doing his job. I don't like the guy. I don't like what he's doing. He's doing mm-hmm. his job and he's probably doing it well, but what baseball really needs is to, bring in a somebody who loves the game and is a fan and can connect with fans and can feel what fans want and run the on-field product, run the marketing product. Let Manford do all the the and we may this wouldn't even like fix this current situation. Like we, we'd still be in a lockout from the business side. He's the guy who would still be doing this. But all this other stuff that we're talking about Rob Manfred should not be in charge of it. They need somebody else in that office who would be basically the number two highest ranking official mm-hmm. that could oversee all of that. And I don't think that's going to happen. No, and I, I don't think it's going to happen either. And I, I had uh, Tim Dillard, a uh, former brewer, now works for Bally Sports Wisconsin. I talked to him about the game and what Manfred was doing within the game. Now, all the way down to... Uh, you know, the independent leagues, they're changing things, you know, all the way up through Major League Baseball. Uh, and he said within the players, and he didn't name drop anybody, but he said within the players that he's talked to, like, they hate what's happening with Major League Baseball, the game itself. You know, and now, obviously, with the lockout, it obviously adds to the complication uh, uh, in the equation and, and trying to get that answer to solve baseball. But if your players are, number one, not happy with where the game is going, not happy with who's commissioning and who's not, uh, and now you're not happy with the money to me, that is a, you know, a, a route for a disaster, you know, and I hope I'm, I hope to God I'm wrong. I like, I absolutely, one of my favorite things in life is a summer evening at Miller at American family field 
And I hope I can continue that. And I can hope I can take my kids there because like I said, my kids don't really care for baseball. I'm trying to get them into it. And the only way I can get them into it is, you know, by introducing them to the game, you know, going on, on TV, showing the game, taking them out in the backyard, playing baseball, and then going to have that experience. And if that's unable to happen, I feel like for this generation, that's already so glued to their phones and computers and video games that getting them to play the game is just going to have a long-term effect. That's just not going to be able to recover. When I was little going to games, you would walk through the tunnel and you'd walk into the concourse and you'd see the field for the first time when you were at the ballpark. And I can still remember to this day, like that feeling of going to the game and you go through everything. Like I'd be with my dad. He'd always have to buy a scorecard and a couple <laughs> pencils, you know, do the whole thing. He can't, yep. my dad cannot go to a baseball game without <laughs> scoring it. And he taught me how to score um, and all that. But there was something about that first instant, every single time you went to a game that you saw the field and it was really special. And I, I, I don't know if kids have that anymore. Like, does, I, I, don't, I just don't know. Like, maybe they do. Maybe I need to talk to more, more people. But that's, that's the thing that I remember. Like, I can, you know, just that generic memory of walking through and that moment when you see the field for the first time every time you go to a baseball game. And, yeah, that's, that's the thing that I, I want kids to continue to experience. You talk about that, Matt, and I got goosebumps because I still have that feeling. <laughs> I still have that feeling. I was in the Army for a long time, so I finally moved back home three summers ago, man, I still have that feeling walking in. I go into the same entrance, no matter where I'm sitting, because it's the the home plate entrance at American family field that you've been through it. You already know. And you walk right through past the pro shop and there's, there's the field, you know, and it's, I still have that. And I've taken my kids there and they're just kind of like, okay, cool. Can we go play at the, you know, run the bases, you know, the, on the, on the first base side that they have. And I'm like, I, I guess, <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to sit here and watch it, I just, I just fear for the sport because it was my first love. It's how I got into sports. It's why I've gotten into sports. You know, the Brewers weren't always good as everybody that's been affiliated or a fan of the team is, is aware. They just became really good within the last few years and, and obviously 08 and 11. But now that it's here, we have a bona fide superstar. We have a Cy Young winner on our pitching staff. I don't think you could ever told me that 10, 10, 20 years ago. I'd have laughed at you. And now, you know, we have one of the most beautiful parks in all of, of, of the United States. And now the threat is to not have that again this year. And that's, that's just a, a fear of mine. I just, I hate the thought of it. And it just, it makes me, it makes me upset because I just, I love baseball. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite sports. It might be my favorite. Uh, and I always say that every year when football is, I'm like, it's my favorite, but baseball is just, we all grew up with it. It's the first love for me. I remember going there, like you said, to County Stadium initially, then obviously Miller Park and now American Family Field. And it's just something that's held really dear to my heart. And to not have it possibly, it just it tears me up, man. It sucks. It really sucks. And nobody's going to win. You know, I know everybody wants money. Nobody's going to win at the end of the day if there's no baseball. Yeah, absolutely agree. Brenda, 
We really, this is how it's been throughout the, uh, uh, the lockout. We don't really know what we're going to talk about during these conversations <laughs> when we get started, but this has been a uh, fun conversation. Encourage everybody, encourage, excuse me, everybody to uh, check you out on Twitter at Brandon underscore S N E I D E. That's Brandon Snide. Uh, you write at Dairyland Express. You podcast at uh, Game On Wisconsin. Uh, appreciate the time. I should have gotten you back on sooner. It's been uh, too long. So we will not wait this long for the next time we have you on. I always appreciate you, Matt. Thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate talking baseball. Brendan Snyder joining us here on Brewers Extra and is the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Fun conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't too negative. Uh, I think, you know, coming out of that, and and I don't, I, I'm not trying to, I, I don't, Brandon and I both love baseball, and we both want the best for baseball. Uh, There are things to be frustrated about with the game right now, and I think when they're in the middle of a lockout, and at times it feels like they're getting further apart than closer together, it's easy to get frustrated. One thing I do think at the end of the day, players and owners can come together saying that their number one goal is to play baseball this year, and you just hope, you just hope and hope and hope and hope and hope and hope and hope that that is the most important interest that is being represented in this whole thing. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. We'll find out, right? We're gonna we're we're at that point now where we're gonna find out sooner than later uh, where everything sits and what things look like moving forward. Uh, because these collective bargaining agreements are for a long time. And each side needs to be at the very least content or accepting of the deal that they that they sign and i know from a player standpoint they feel like the owners have won if there's a winner and a loser in a contract and you know labor negotiations they feel like the owners have won and they want to feel like they've got a win coming their way and i, I don't know if that's going to happen we'll find out hopefully hopefully more stuff happens this week and we can certainly continue the conversation coming up next week. All right, uh, thanks to Brandon. Thanks to you for being tuned in. Look forward to talking to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.